Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're going to talk about some minicamp stuff uh, that we talked about, uh, really things that have been talked about, things that haven't been talked about, broaching some bigger subjects, and uh, also an interesting suggested listen for you toward the end of this podcast. So if you have not checked out recent ones, Jared Mueller was on yesterday where we discussed uh, the first day of minicamp, which we're going to kind of reference here. and. Uh, talk to about uh, today some of the other interviews that happened, which were, in my opinion, a little less interesting than, than J.C. Treader and kind of tie in what Treader's talking about to what we learned today from Tom Pelissaro about where the NFL is going with uh, the COVID vaccine. And just a disclaimer, I got vaccinated. Uh, I am not sure. I think my guest got vaccinated. You might have gotten vaccinated. That's your choice. It's your world. You live in your own world. I would... Uh, uh, I would give the suggestion to get vaccinated. That's my stance on it. I'm not going to MF for you if you don't get vaccinated. Ultimately, your choice. Uh, follow the science as you should or as you will, your opinion. I'm not here to tell you you're right or wrong. Just this discussion will go back and forth on vaccination and where the NFL is going with it is a big part of today's discussion. Uh, my good friend John Colosimo is here to talk with me about this topic, among many other topics. John, how are you? I'm doing good, Jake. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. I, w- I want to lead off before we get to Tom Pellicer and the NFL's agreement with the NFLPA on on where they go with these vaccinations. I want to get your opinion on a couple things. You know, I'm not here to knock media members. Not. I, I'm really not. But when they, they the, the new wave in Browns circles is that, oh, they have good players now. Let's talk about their next contract. And that's the big thing that keeps coming up. And, and every Cleveland Browns podcast you listen to is talking about contracts. Should they sign? I was a guest on one. I'm, I'm done. I'm kind of done talking about it. I have a couple interesting angles for you, though, John. I think a thing that I keep saying is the Browns will pay Nick Chubb because everybody else has paid their top running back, right? Like every other team, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott. Don't even have to keep naming them. They all do it. The question for you is, and this is something I haven't been considering until I was sitting here on an interview earlier. And it's like, oh, maybe you didn't think of it this way, Jake. Sometimes organic uh, good ideas happen in my head or good thoughts is <laughs> none of those other teams had a backup like Kareem Hunt, who is a hometown Cleveland Brown, who could probably take another contract that is fairly team friendly, who is still young, only 25 still. I can't believe he's only 25. Feels like he's been around the league forever. Probably a byproduct of his scenarios and the situations he put himself in. But nonetheless, I think that's an interesting anecdote I haven't thought of. Well, my my gut has always told me, yeah, they'll sign Nick. They'll let Kareem walk to another team, whatever. What about the opposite in the spectrum, which is they could say, yeah, we'll just let Nick go. We're not going to pay him big money. And we'll keep paying Kareem on a a team-friendly deal keep drafting running backs like Demetric Felton, and we'll just kind of piece it together. We're going to throw the football more. We believe in Baker Mayfield. Let's not spend it running back on a guy who really doesn't catch football out of the backfield. Am I crazy in thinking that? I just think that that's a possible outcome here. No, you're not crazy. You know, and, and I'm sure that most people in Brownstown don't want to hear it. Um, and I love Chubb. He was the guy I wanted out of that draft. 
Um, I think he's not only a fantastic football player, but he's an awesome person and uh, a hard worker, somebody you'd want in the locker room. However, you know, you know, analytics would say, and, you know, the, the numbers on running back say, you know, when you compare running back to running back uh, behind a similar offensive line in, in a similar system, that it's just not worth paying that. So I, I do think those numbers uh, are there. Um, I have also been of the assumption that they would sign him. I don't think that they will make him the highest paid running back. I don't think that they will pay him huge money uh, to stay here. I think if he does, it would be for something less than what people would think. Um, however, you're 100% right. I mean, Cream uh, Hunt is, you know, nobody's going to get better for $7 million a year than Kareem Hunt. Is he a step down from Nick Chubb? Absolutely. Um, but they have the absolute ability to not do it. I've been of the assumption that they wouldn't, but no, you're not crazy to think that there's a possibility that they won't be able to reach an agreement. Nick Chubb's leaving that to his agent, uh, but his agent is there to look out for his best interests. And if the Browns can only come, say, you know, three, four million under his market value, it just might not work out. So, you know, you're right in saying that they, they, and this is, you know, a lot of people said this right when they, when Hunt signed this extension, that it meant that, that Chubb was gone. And I think that's all been in the rearview mirror now because it's clear that Chubb is a better back, but it's definitely a possibility and uh, not one I think that, that Brown's fandom would be prepared for. It just struck me today, like talking about it. I'm talking about all these examples and I'm like, the Browns are going to pay him because nobody, and you're like, I get that the Browns are pretty analytically heavy. We, we are we're led to believe this. They put this front on and they do, they, they make serious data driven decisions. I'm not arguing that, but I would say there is a realm at which this, you look at this and, and you keep thinking to yourself, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And many times like Sheldon Richardson's release, it didn't see that coming. I fought the curve. I fought the curve. And I haven't heard anybody talking about it in this way though. This idea that, yeah, way back when, when that Kareem Hunt contract extension happened, which now I think he has, I think he's good through 2022, I think, is when it runs out. The Browns can. Through can, 22. Can, yeah, through next yeah, year. The, the Browns can, can get out of it after 2022. So I just, um, you know, I, I thought to myself, I'm using all these examples, but none of the other backup running backs are anywhere near Kareem Hunt. I mean, the pro football focus label, this guy is a top 10 back in the NFL and justifiably so he can do both phases and he's a really good gap scheme runner. And the Browns got really good at gap schemes the last portion of the year. And sure. this is an outcome that could happen, especially if they would say, okay, we're letting Jarvis or we're letting Odell go, or they make moves a wide receiver. And maybe somebody hits the free agency market or they have to, Hey, we want to keep Wyatt Teller around here. We see him as important. We want to invest more in our passing game. I just think that that's interesting. I mean, like, I guess the big question, John, for you is, does it make them a worse version of the brand? Like I'm talking with Jack Duffin and Anthony Reinhardt about an increased desire to throw the football to which I agree to a large extent, they do need to throw the football more and be aggressive, especially in those early down situations. Does it make them a worse football team to have no Nick? I mean, I love Nick Chubb. I, I still believe he'll be back here in some form or fashion, but does it make them drastically worse to not have them? That's an interesting question. And, and I think it deals with you accepting some tough realities as a fan, right? No, it does. Um, and I think that comes down to the value added by, say, the, you know, Nick being an exceptional running back and yet that yielding, say, a yard more. 
and your expected, you know, they've got models that say, you know, this is basically the expected yards that you would get on a given play, given the positions, uh, you know, and it's pretty accurate. And, you know, your best running backs are getting you an extra yard. And ultimately, by the numbers, it really, however much it feels differently when you're watching it on Sundays, um, by the numbers, it doesn't make you that much worse. Now, I will say this, and you should keep this in mind, because I, I took a look, because I, I argued with Jack today about the value of a, of a Nick Chubb extension on the other side of this, basically, uh, although I was saying that he would sign for less than Jack was saying he'd sign for. But it led me to taking a very close look at next year's salary cap. And let me tell you, you sign a Nick Chubb and things are very, very tight. You know, it's not over, you know, overstating things to say, truly, this might be the best roster on paper that you ever see the Browns put together. It's, it's magic what they've done with this roster. And when you look at next year's committed contracts and who they don't have on there because they've signed a lot of guys to kind of effective one-year deals, it is tight. And if you talk about extending Chubb, that usually includes tearing up this year, giving him a raise this year. A lot of people don't realize that. It's not really like an extension. They wouldn't just add four years to his existing deal. They tear this year up where he's making $4 million, well, $3 million cash, but $4 million against the cap. And he'd be making $10, $11, 12000000 this year, which means that eats into the rollover cap, which means instead of rolling 20, they're rolling you know, um, you know, they're going to be rolling 13 or something like that. And things are tight and there's no clowning. There's no tack. There's no, you know, I mean, there's, you know, you, you take a look at that next year's roster and you can see just how tight things get. Um, if you go ahead and make that deal and, and it'll give you a little bit of pause to, you know, how the Browns can make that work, especially with some of these other guys like a teller, um, and, uh, and folks like that and, and the need to replace. I mean, you take a clowny attack off this uh, D line next year. What are you doing at edge? If you don't have cash to replace it on the free agency, then you're, you're talking about being in a situation that we were not in this year, which was a very targeted. Uh, I mean, somewhat, we obviously we needed a second cornerback, but we would have a very targeted need for defensive end in the draft next year and be relying on that person on the field. Which is never the best outcome, as we know. No. I mean, right. there, there's, I mean, the cap's going to jump up. You know that. We know that. There's going to be decisions okay. made. They can, they can fluctuate a wide receiver a little bit. There's some things they can do. They have to bring back certain guys, though. They have to find a way to bring back Denzel. The common thread with Denzel is this guy gets hurt all the time, which I think is phony. I just think that he has soft tissue injuries. He's gotten rid past the concussions. I think he's an absolute stone cold lock to be signed back. And I think when you look at it and peel back the layers of he's 24 years old, he's cut, he's, he's going to keep growing into his body. He's going to get physically stronger. Some of the soft tissue stuff wears away. You eliminate the concussions in his first year when he was catching up to the speed of the game, things like that, when he was figuring out how it works. Then you have just, Hey, he's got some groin issue. He's got a hamstring issue. One time it's like, you know, take away COVID issues last year and he plays the majority of the games. And if you're going to, if you're going to rely on being afraid uh, the fact that you can't sign that young man back because he's had a couple of injuries, he's missed a couple of games in every season. Well, 13 games of Denzel Ward's better than 17 games of a below average corner. So that's how I would look at it. And I think he's an absolute lock to be signed back in some capacity. I don't think he's resetting the cornerback market by any means, which is probably a good thing for Cleveland because they can get him at a pretty, 
pretty affordable deal. And then maybe he continues to bust out in the right way and has that. Oh, now he joins that elite tier of corners. And then, you know, you got him on a little bit of a bargain. Am I, am I thinking right there again? Tell me if I'm an idiot. You, you, you can certainly tell me if I'm, you think I'm wrong or you have more hesitancy. No, no, you're right. Um, and the good thing, uh, at least in regards to, you know, these upcoming years is that because of the fifth year option, once you exercise that, it is not negotiable. So if they extend him, unlike Nick Chubb, they can't tear up his fifth year and give him a raise. He's going to make the 13 million. That's what he's going to make on his fifth year, no matter what. So, uh, and if you, if you are, I think, you know, hesitant because of, you know, his injury history, you know, you can, you can structure those deals, you know, in terms of guaranteed money to give yourself an out. I mean, shit, look at, um, look at the difference between the, the Miles Garrett and, and Bosa contracts. Um, those are, you know, I think uh, Bosa's making a couple million more a year, but he's got like 30 million more dollars in guaranteed money on that contract which is hilarious because Bosa is the one who's had injury issues. So the Chargers have really, I mean, they've got, it's something like 40 to 75 million. That's like the difference in guaranteed money on their deals. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. pretty mind-blowing there's little intricacies that you have to pay attention to with these contracts that that separate them so those are two guys that have come up i'm sure baker came up today talked to him said what i expected to be said and what our brad stainbrook at the obr has confirmed there's not contract talks yet i don't think it's going to happen from either side i think they want to see how the year plays out baker's going to keep betting on himself which he referenced and you know you go from there i i I don't i don't think that's a groundbreaking i don't think what anything Clowney or Batonio said was groundbreaking. J.C. Treader stuff we addressed yesterday, obviously some interesting notes there, which kind of brings us to where they're at with uh, the NFL and NFLPA because a deal had to be made. They still have to take COVID serious. I know it's not what it was last year, but it has to be taken serious because outbreaks can still happen. If you have a, a, gi- a giant group of football players uh, huddled up closely, tightly together, an outbreak can happen and it, and it affects everything. And, and I know Kevin Stefanski confirmed today that there are 51, over 51 players are vaccinated on the Browns. And the way these details are put out, I think you're doing, again, this disclaimer with the whole thing. I'm not here to argue it. I'm, I'm genuinely not. Make your choice, do your thing. But if I was in the NFL, I would be looking at this and I don't know how I would not get vaccinated. I mean, just the the things you have to go through. No daily testing is required. Masks are not required. 
no physical distancing required, no quarantine required after high exposure, which directly impacts your team. If you go five, you run into somebody directly close contact, that's five days. You sit out. That's what we saw the Jets game. So we saw Denzel miss the playoff game. Joel Batonio missed the playoff game. Kevin Stefanski. That is immediately a competitive. And Stefanski noted it today. That's a competitive advantage that some teams are not going to take advantage of. So uh, you can eat in the cafeteria. These are little things eat in the cafeteria. Use the sauna steam room, which helps. No restrictions on social media, marketing, sponsorship opportunities. Nice for your pocketbooks. The things that stood out to me otherwise, um, that, that there is a stiff, stiff penalty. So if you're caught doing anything socially, uh, nightclubs, bars, house parties, concerts, and you have not been vaccinated, it, it carries a $50,000 first offense fine, which is steep, steep payment. I yeah. mean, you know, these guys are, these guys make a lot of money, but that's, that's not the, that's, that's a, that's still a chunk of change. They're definitely going to notice is missing. Uh, it's like taking a couple hundred bucks out of most people's paycheck. Like they'll notice it's me. And that's, you know, relative to what you make as a listener. Um, the memo also reiterates uh, that staff and coaches, if they, if they're not in tier one or tier two, they won't be allowed to work in person with players. So, you know, what's your role going to be if you can't be in person working with players and you're on coaching staff, it's going to obviously dictate your decision. And then I thought the interesting thing too, a couple of things for fans, fans will be permitted to attend training camp as long as they're 20 feet away from tier one staff, players and coaches all the time. They cannot interact with players whatsoever. And then it looks like to get in, in any kind of access as a media member, either on site, in the press box, on the field, in the locker room, whatever, you have to be vaccinated or you won't be allowed. So listen, this is, this is going to dictate a lot. I, 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 from a, Truly covering the Browns' perspective and hoping they win football games. To me, John, this is a a clear competitive advantage to guys who make this choice to get vaccinated. I liked hearing that the Browns are over 51. We have not heard directly from any player asked. J.C. Treader openly said he was vaccinated. Nobody asked Baker. Uh, They have not asked some of these other guys. I would hope that if if they get together and talk about this, they would see the competitive advantage it is. Okay. So that's the way I'm viewing it. I've had it myself. I've had no issues. Um, you know, for now, whatever you want to say about it, whatever your theory is on the whole thing, I've not had any issues. I would imagine that most of these guys would love to get rid of the daily testing, stuff like that. So it's way more storyline than people want to make. Am I right? I mean, cause like this daily stuff is tenuous for them and separating themselves in the five-day quarantine. Imagine in 2021, John, if your quarterback doesn't, I'm not saying Baker's not vaccinated or is not planning to get vaccinated, but imagine being 12 and five, a chance to win the division, or sorry, 12 and four, a chance to win the division, and your quarterback has to miss that game. It's just like, it can be avoided. I'm just, it can be avoided, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna muck up your... Uh, podcast here with my views. I feel very strongly about how um, about this situation. You know, I am vaccinated. The uh, but you know, I think that the thing that really should get these guys over anything else, honestly, is the inconvenience of it all. I think is what um, incentivizes some of these guys who might be on the fence to do it. But you're you're 100 right, and and God help us if you know if our quarterback is not vaccinated. I mean, just you know, that would be a crushing blow at any point in this season. 
to or to any of these guys. For. And I'm yes, just using Baker as an example, but no, imagine right. Odell doesn't get vaccinated yep. and has to miss an important. It's just like, you know, I, I get it. You, you might have strong feelings about this thing, and uh, it's I would, I would hope too, that, Jay. Yeah, yeah go it's ahead. not just that. You know, um, the more people on your team that don't get vaccinated understand that there's, you know, there's still a chance vaccinated people can get infected. Look at Chris Paul. Okay. Like you, you can still like every, every person on this team who doesn't get vaccinated jeopardizes everybody else that's vaccinated on this team to a greater extent than they would be otherwise. So, you know, Kevin Stefanski is hundred percent correct to call this a competitive advantage. And uh, it's wild to me that the Steelers are, you know, one of the teams that we're talking about. Um, that has to be an interesting topic in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh right now. But, you know, I certainly would like to be the division leaders in this and, uh, and give ourselves the best chance to win. I mean, it's just such a, a simple thing to me. And I won't go any further than that. I'm just saying, you know, it's there, um, you know, the science is there. The education is there for those who want to hear it. And uh, clearly as professional sports athletes um, with a very limited number of seasons that you get the opportunity to play in the NFL, let alone for a Super Bowl, why would you let something like this creep into creep into your locker room? Yeah, let's just hope the Browns are out in front of it. I think it sounds like they're doing a decent job with it. Um, Agreed. I, I think there will be everybody will be uh, I'll put it this way. Everybody's cool with everybody making a choice. You know, everybody's cool with you didn't want to do it for whatever reason. And there are people who are sternly on the opposite end of our spectrum, John, that are very anti-vaccination and, and to each your own. I'm not here to argue this with you as a Browns podcast, but I know where everybody will be unified, John. And that's if Baker Mayfield were to miss a week 17 game to determine the division and he didn't get a vaccination. And we'll all be wondering why he just couldn't get a vaccination. And again, it's not, I'm not claiming Baker's not. I'm just using it as an example of if, if that's what it comes down to, they're going to be a lot of upset people because the NFL is not changing. They don't care. <laughs> they're following the science on their end. They're making stern rules. They met with the players and play, agreed to it with the players headed by J.C. Treader. These are the rules. So you can get mad at it or you can find a way to work with it. And the way to work with it seems quite simple here. So let's hope the Browns figure out that best way. Before we close, John, I thought there was an interesting podcast you turned me on, which is a highly recommended episode uh, on, on <laughs> listen, some of this stuff's over my head. It's data scientist analyzation of football schemes. I've had this conversation, as I talked about earlier, with, with, with Jack and Anthony about early down passing and the models that help you understand the value of that. This young man named Udit Ranasari, I hope I'm saying his name wrong. I apologize if you do listen to this pod and I said your name wrong, but you're way more important than I am in this life. You're, you're a tracking data analyst for the Browns. He's part of the R&D team. He's doing fantastic things. He's a part of this team that started this, this thing called PAVE, P-A-V-E, okay? Passing Value and Expectation. It's a 3D model that will look at expected points at. It's basically looking at uh, the, the top flight for a football, where it's going on the football field, the expected yards per uh, yards after catch, the yak based on trajectory, based on time to throw in terms of the ball's arrival speed, time of flight is what they call it, and expected points added. And it, I'm sure it's going to have some value for the Cleveland Browns football team this year. I mean, that's why 
Udid is is a part of this thing and 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 hired by the Browns and all of that. So talk, John, you listened to this recently. T- tell me what you what you took away from it because I know some things are like okay, this is way above my IQ level here, but there's some things you could take away, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, I'm not a, a data scientist, so there there will definitely be lines in there. So if you listen to this and there's a line that gets said that goes straight over your head, don't let the eyes roll back you know, in a, into the back of your head, just keep on listening because you're going to be able to pick up the context and, um, and get a little bit of, of, of what they're talking about, but it's pretty wild. Um, they're basically showing these physics models of, you know, the best places to, to hit these passes, to create the most yak. They basically run just thousands of simulations of uh, different times and, um, and trajectories to throw the football against, you know, against certain coverages and those kind of things. I think, you know, some of the things I took away from it is if you could run this, um, what if you could tailor this by the week to your opponent and say, adjust your zone spacing as a defense based on the type of receivers that they have, the type of routes that they run, you know, it's um, you know, the possibilities are pretty crazy. Once you, once you get into it, I, I would suggest everybody before they listen to it, just there's a tweet that goes with it that shows a little cut of the um, you know, the 3d modeling of it. So you can see it, then listen to it and it'll make a little more sense to you as they go through it versus um, just listening to a lot of the jargon, um, which much of which you might not understand, but you know, offensively, defensively, I feel like there's a ton of uses for it. And this uses the NFL tracking, the chips and, uh, and the helmets. It's using NFL tracking data, which every team has available to them. So you can imagine a competitive advantage to be able to adjust a defensive game plan or an offensive game plan based on this. If you find effective ways to, you know, uh, to take angles and uh, to turn, what might be a, uh, a 25 yard, nice big play into a 50 yard touchdown um, or to turn what would have been, you know, a, you know, a 30 yard gain into an incompletion because of the way that you spaced your zones. So there, there's some really very interesting stuff there. It's still very preliminary. You know, a lot of this stuff is still in its infancy. I mean, we're, they got this tracking data right when Paul DePodesta came on. That was when they, they first started giving teams this data uh, and they're still really trying to find all the ways that they use it. And if you ever see any of the interviews with AB or, um, or D Podesta or any of the Browns data guys, um, they are absolutely tight lipped on how they're using this data. So they're using it for something, but they will not say a word towards how they're using it. But we do get little clues like the Browns hiring this guy and us having you know, um, you know, some cool things like having a few podcasts from before he was hired so that we can actually hear him talk because I'm sure now he's probably under lock and key. For sure. His name's, again, it's at Udit Ran, uh, Ranasari. I think I'm saying, Ranasaria actually is, I think you, how you say his last name, but this, the podcast is Sports on Paper uh, where he discusses this, this, this graph, this 3D model, I should say, about paved passing value and expectation. So if you want to check that out, that's your thing. I think the Browns are using as many of these things are at the disposal, their disposal, like John said, 
They just have to find ways to make it work for them. It'd be a really fascinating thing to ask Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski about how they're, how they're going about it. Cause it definitely has data. I mean, it's going to tell you certain portions of the field, your quarterback gets the football there. Well, time to flight, things like that, where defenses give up, uh, you know, throws that can be put with a little bit more touch, or maybe it tells you the range of certain players. That's what I think is most interesting as you look at the 3d model is it shows you range of players and how quickly they close. And, and, you know, it's just a little, you're not going to go to Baker Mayfield and say, Hey man, you have 2.6 seconds of airtime loft on this throw. No, it's going to be like, Hey, we noticed that the free safety, if you notice close coverage, the free safety doesn't roam right to left as quick as he does left to right. So keep that in mind when trying to hold him with your eyes, just little pieces of data like that. They're going to take the intricate stuff and make it uh, a little bit more broad for players who don't have uh, fancy degrees and a number of understanding like these fellows. That's always the interesting thing. There's all of these great data collection things going on. Who's making it so it's accessible and understandable to the players. That's a fascinating yeah. process. I would love to understand more about. So uh, another good question for Stefanski or Andrew Barry, if they sit down for press conferences. So um Listen, John, this is fun, man. A lot of stuff here. Uh, I think some interesting things. Hopefully the Browns keep trending in the right direction with, with vaccinations, things like that. We hear more. I'm sure we'll hear more tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get any of this today because it came out after the interviews and, and, and after practice and all of that. So maybe we'll get a little update on some from some players tomorrow about where the team is, all of that kind of stuff. Because then after they leave tomorrow, we don't see them for a long time till the end of July. So it'll be a yeah. bit of a bit of a dead period. But uh yeah, this is fun, John. We'll make sure, again, you check out that pod, Sports on Paper. And, and if you're interested or compelled to hear more about this data the Browns are using or the young man the Browns hired, you can find it there. John, thanks for uh, checking in, bud. Uh, no problem, Jake. Thanks for having me. All right, that's a wrap. John, I appreciate him joining us, taking his time. He's on Nothing But The Dogs podcast. Please, 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 please make sure you're checking that out. You should already have a subscription and make sure you're downloading everything when they put it up. Him and Mike Krupka do a fantastic job. I always try to have them on. There'll be regular parts of my podcast during the year. Always good to shoot the proverbial shit with them. I think it's fun. They're smart guys. So uh, make sure you check out the OBR. We'll have coverage of minicamp tomorrow. And we will also have uh, some more insights on uh, data science stuff, such as our analytics on important numbers last year, which Cody Sweat put up today. We'll have something covering the defensive ends tomorrow from Fred Greetham. Uh, among many other things. And we'll have some news trickling down the line about some broad new plans come training camp, but we'll deal with that later. For now, thanks for joining us. And as usual, guys, until we talk next time, have a great day. Go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.